Beautiful, brother. You're going to have to give me a second. I have the hiccups of all things. <laughs> of all things to have right now. That shouldn't affect the podcast yeah. at all. I don't know what it is. I keep having these flu-like symptoms. Oh, jeez. No. I can't even joke. You can't even joke about that out here right now. Everybody's real spooked. Yeah, I live in a town of about 1,500, and then up the road, there's a town of about 10,000 that has a hospital. Doctor in the hospital has it. Oh, boy. And then, unfortunately, he's from, like, Turkey, and so he's not white. So, <laughs> And I don't know how things are up there, but as silly as that sounds, I'm telling you, if this doctor was white, that's the worst part is he has, like, a private practice. Oh, no. And he was just working in the hospital, and they were saying that, like, he knew he had the flu, and he was telling people he felt sick, but he kept coming to work. As crazy as it sounds, if that was a white doctor, no one would accuse him of that. Oh, no. Not a single person. So me and my husband were talking about that, and we were like, man, if we're going to have an outbreak. We're too close to Houston. Too close. <laughs> we're going to have an outbreak. I'm sorry. Literally, Houston has this huge road, I-10, that connects us straight to New Orleans. New Orleans is having a giant outbreak. And then we have Highway 45, which connects us to Dallas, which is having the other outbreak near us. It's just a matter of time. This might be your last yeah. recording. Have you ever read The Stand? Yes, yeah, so twice. Okay, yeah, I love The Stand. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't recommend it if you're scared about the pandemic right now, but I always think about how that killed people our age. This one's not looking like it does, so I'm not that worried, but if I was an old person, I certainly would be. Well, this but, is great. This is a great pre-show amble. I'm going to keep a lot of this because I think it ties okay. into our topic today. I just want to say for the record, you're from Texas, is that right? Yes, yeah. Are you trying to tell me Texas still has a problem with non-white people? As, as shocking as that might sound, it's this bizarre phenomenon. And I know you're up in Montreal or near, or you're in the French part right now. That's right. right. The, the French okay. province of Quebec near and okay. 45 minutes south of Montreal. Yeah. What I find fascinating about the racism in Texas is that Texas used to be Mexico. Like I remind people of that all the time. Texas was originally a Mexican state. That became its own country and then joined the United States. And they're just like, I'm tired of all these Mexicans. I'm like, they've been here before you, not even Native Americans. Literally, Mexicans colonized it and then white <laughs> people colonized it better and took it over. And they're just like, all oh, these Mexicans. And I'm like, you love the music, you eat the food, you hire them to cut your grass. As long as they speak English, you don't seem to care. It's the weirdest thing. In Houston, there's a huge Vietnamese population. So there's certain parts of town where they put like Vietnamese street signs up and white people lose their mind over that. And I'm just, <laughs> why does it matter to you? Like, it, why I, I do you know. care that there's another street sign under the one that says Fifth Street that says it in Vietnamese? I, I don't know. I'm worried because I was looking into the Spanish flu. Mm. How come I've never heard very much about it? If it killed millions and millions of Americans, I was like, I, there's no Memorial Day for those people. There's no remembrance. There's nothing. And I looked into it. And the reason is, is that everybody acted so embarrassingly during it, mm. blaming their neighbors and blaming their the village next to theirs, that when it was over, nobody wanted to really talk about it anymore. They just wanted to move on. And then what am I seeing in my town? I'm seeing people go on literally on Facebook and post pictures of our patient zero <laughs> pictures of him with his name and his business address oh, and no. saying, let's ruin him. Let's not ever go. And I'm thinking like this, it's just started, you know? Well, the good news is if you go to his <laughs> office, there's no lineup. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, poor guy, he's got to have to move. If there's something these old white people do, it's never forget something a brown person did to them, you know, ever. And I've been curious, so like up there in, in in Quebec, how much animosity is there between like English speakers and French speakers up there? Well, I have a few listeners from Canada and a couple even from Quebec, so I'll tread lightly. It's like this, so just like we're experiencing a tech. What, you're well, off the mic, you've you've exper you've referred to them as non-humans, <laughs> French, yeah. French-speaking non-humans. That's right. These non-entities. <laughs> it's like everywhere. I think anytime any culture or any race of people, I mean, from anywhere in the world, deals with something that's not their own, people have a weird way of acting. I think that's just yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. It's racism. It's just people don't know how to function. I'm not that way personally. I don't. I really don't care. I mean, it's too exhausting for me to yeah, be it different. Is. It's a great word to explain it, exhausting. To think, oh, he's brown, he's black, he's gay, he's straight, he's... My end of the day, are you an asshole or not? That's all I care about. <laughs> Welcome to the worst of the best podcast. You wanted 
the best. Well, they didn't freaking make it! So here's what you get. From Canada. And Texas. Ryan and Zip. Welcome to the Worst of the Best podcast. I am your host, and with me today we have a returning guest host, Zip, from the No Redeeming Qualities podcast. How you doing, Zip? I am doing good. I got a bit of a chest cold and some flu-like symptoms and a, dry, and a real dry cough and not a very runny nose, but other than that, I think I'm good. And you have a fever, too, so you should be fine. <laughs> yeah, I've got a fever, yeah. You were on the Arnold Schwarzenegger episode, I believe. Mm-hmm. You've also guessed on the Rocky Series podcast that I do as well, I think at least once, if not twice. I believe I've only done it for Rambo 5. We still haven't done Rocky. We, we Ironically. Have not gotten, yeah, we have not gotten around to, to Rocky. No, we're, we're talking about some diseases here today. Yes. Uh, we just picked this topic randomly. That's right. It yeah, it, is. With any, it doesn't tie in with any, any current events going on. Yeah, I had this topic in mind about two years ago. It just so happens we're in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, things are crazy right now in the world. I thought to myself, because of the COVID-19 virus, I wonder what I'll other... stop you right there. Yeah, please. I'm an American, so we call it China virus. Oh. <laughs> so I need you to respect my culture. <laughs> okay, my apologies. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh, I, no, I, that's the humor. We, that's the reason why you're on the show, Zip. You bring the humor. I love it. And I should say, we'll plug your show, of course, a million times. Uh, no Redeeming Qualities podcast is a favorite of mine. I've listened to every episode from the beginning. That is a true story. I love their <laughs> shtick. Zip and Bob are funny. They're a little bit crass at times, which is a fine. You guys have calmed down a little bit. You're a little bit more user-friendly than you were in the early days. And we're also just getting older, I think. Yeah. You just get a little... <laughs> You're a little bit more Howard Stern 2020 than Howard Stern 1998. I, that means a lot. There, <laughs> there you go. We've taken this list of 10 diseases in the world that affect the world every year. And this is actually from the World Health Organization. So that's a pretty reputable source, would you say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we're going to start at the bottom. This is the top 10 diseases. A lot of these diseases I've heard before, but I was... I guess I was shocked, or maybe not shocked, about how many people die every year because of these diseases. Everybody always thinks of, like, the Black Plague, and they think of these, like, sexy Stephen King nightmare kind of diseases. But usually it's your basic, very straightforward diseases that are the ones that really get the high up their numbers. Yeah, so we're going to give these diseases the respect they deserve. (laughs) So when people think of the deadly diseases in the world, they are probably right now jumping to the COVID-19. That's what their brain is going to because it's in the headlines. Did you know that 56.5 million people died just in 2015 from these 10 diseases that we're going to talk about? That's a huge number. It's a lot of people. It's the same thing where they're talking about just about like India is going on shelter in place, and that's a billion people. And it's just it's hard to even wrap your mind around a billion people having to do something like that. But yeah, these are definitely some heavy hitters as far as diseases go. The statistics that we're using are from uh, twenty, well, two thousand to twenty fifteen. So there's, we're going to talk about numbers of increase, decrease. So, you know how how are these diseases doing today? So it's a couple years old, but obviously the numbers are still just as valid today as they were a few years ago. All right, so we'll start with number ten: cirrhosis of the liver. Mm. Cirrhosis is the result of chronic and long term scarring and damage to the liver. The damage may be the result of a kidney disease, or it can be caused by conditions like hepatitis and chronic alcoholism. (laughs) So normally, a healthy liver filters harmful substances from your blood and sends healthy blood into your body. As the substances damage the liver, scar tissue forms. As more scar tissue forms, the liver has to work harder to function properly. Ultimately, the liver may stop working. For the most part, if you get cirrhosis of the liver, you're a booze hound. That's... (laughs) That's... I always feel like that's a courtesy thing. They're like, it can also be a kidney thing. It's You're usually an alcoholic. That's <laughs> <laughs> usually, yeah, so the risk factors, like I said, chronic alcohol use, <laughs> fat buildup around the liver, and then hepatitis. A real fun weekend. <laughs> Stay away from behaviors that can lead to liver damage to help prevent cirrhosis. Long-term alcohol use and abuse is the leading cause of cirrhosis, so avoiding alcohol can help you prevent damage. Likewise, you can avoid non-alcoholic fatty liver disease by eating a diet that's healthy, rich in fruits and vegetables, and low in sugar and fat. 
And lastly, you can reduce your likelihood of contracting hepatitis by using protection during sex and avoiding sharing anything that could have traces of blood, like needles, razors, or toothbrushes. If you get cirrhosis of the liver, you kind of went out of your way to get it. <laughs> like, I was just going to say. Yeah, so like, <laughs> it doesn't seem like I just I woke up with cirrhosis one day. It's like never really shocked. How many people get told you have cirrhosis of the liver and like deep down truly feel like they don't understand what caused it? Of the 10, I think this one might be the most preventable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a very true point. It's ironic, too, because I think liver transplants are actually pretty easy because they could just cut part of somebody else's liver out and put it in you. But they won't do it if you're an alcoholic. I think most people, that's why they just don't get a liver transplant. Are you an alcohol drinker? I drink socially, so no. Because I have no friends and I never go out, no. (laughs) Now's the time to pick up an alcohol problem. Yeah, really. nothing better to do and you're probably going to die anyway. That's true. (laughs) Go out. Go out drinking. Uh, You should make note here of how many deaths a year approximately this Oh, yeah, yeah. 1.2 million deaths in 2015. Right. And I'm assuming that's that's worldwide, correct? Yes. It's two, yeah, yeah. yeah two okay. 2.1% deaths worldwide are caused just from drinking. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, that's absolutely... Do you have any alcoholism in your family? No, actually... Alcoholism runs on the dad's side of my family like really bad. Mm. And so people have to really keep an eye on it. But I had an uncle who was just a full-blown alcoholic... But he was a really fun alcoholic, like goofy, silly. Right. And so, like, we would go stay at his house, and he would make us ice cream. And then he would put whiskey in his vanilla ice cream bowl. Mm. We put syrup on ours, and he would put whiskey, and we would laugh. And we thought that was so silly, <laughs> not knowing how severe of a problem. I mean, he's, he's long dead now. Oh, you think? Cirrhosis. Yeah. Yeah, cirrhosis. And then actually he was in this very interesting situation where he also smoked half a carton of cigarettes a day. So he had cirrhosis and lung cancer pretty much at the same time. But the cirrhosis is what did him in. So, (laughs) but yeah, that's, uh, yeah, been dead for 20 years. And it's not a secret that he was an alcoholic. Like everybody knew that he was an alcoholic. He went out doing what he loved. (laughs) And that is what's sad about cirrhosis is to, it's one of those diseases that could be caused by a lifestyle problem. And the doctors will sometimes just tell them to not even bother to quit drinking. Right. They'll just say you're 67 with like severe cirrhosis of the liver. You're dead in like five years anyway. So you might as well just keep drinking. Yeah. No it's really kidding. sad, actually. It's well, number nine. I'm surprised this is still an issue. This is to I, I practice this word. I'm having a hard time to broke. <laughs> TB <laughs> to broker a little, This might be this might be the first time somebody else has a hard time saying a word. Oh. Tubercul- tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. There, I got the consumption. it. Consumption. Oh my goodness. Yeah, consumption. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, back in the old days in Texas. That's right. Doc Holiday had this, didn't he? A lot of people have caught it. I don't know why they called it consumption because I think you you withered away. Maybe. I maybe. Guess. Well, it's a lung condition caused by bacteria called Mycobacterium. Tuberlo- yeah, tuberculosis. Okay, <laughs> TB. I hate this word. I hate it. Why did I choose this one? Uh, yeah, it sounds like you have it. Oh, he's dying. It's a treatable airborne bacterium, although some strains are resistant to conventional treatments. And TB is one of the top causes of death in people who have HIV. About 35% of HIV-related deaths are TB-related. Okay, I didn't know that part. This is one of these ones where medical health care systems are obviously a huge help or a factor in preventing deaths. So I would say that people who die from TB, which is 1.3 million deaths a year, are probably people that don't have access to medication and treatment. For a long time, tuberculosis was a huge problem in Russian prisons Mm. to where a huge chunk of the people who caught it it was like a Russian prison problem. And I see that the article says that it's fallen 1.5% since 2000 hmm. with a possible goal of it being eradicated by 2030. I've never even heard of tuberculosis being eradicated. I'm an instructor at the uh, recruit school here in Canada. Everyone gets tested for TB still, but it's very rare that I don't hear of anyone having it. But everyone's still tested for it. Do they prick a little blood on their yeah. forearm? Yeah. Yep. The risk factors are, of course, diabetes, HIV infection, a lower body weight, 
proximity to others with TB because it's infectious, it's airborne, and regular use of certain medications like corticosteroids or drugs that suppress the immune system. So the best prevention then against TB is to get the BCG vaccine, goes without saying, and this is commonly given to children. So if you think you've been exposed to TB bacteria, you can start taking treatment medication called, oh my gosh, why do I have all these terrible words? You got screwed on that. Man. Hemoprophylaxis. Oh, man, you're good. To reduce the likelihood of developing the condition. So this one's a little bit more preventable. Vaccination, medicine, and of course, if you don't have these things, unfortunately, it's still killed in 2015, 1.3 million people. It's wow. it's a lot harder to hold tuberculosis against somebody than cirrhosis of the liver. Than cirrhosis of the liver you, know? <laughs> you can't really blame them for catching tuberculosis. <laughs> no, that's true. That's very true. But yeah, tuberculosis is also one of those diseases that you're scared of, but I don't really think I even know what it does truly, like what part of it kills you. I just know that what we said, it affects your lungs and stuff. Probably breathing. Probably suffocates I mean, yeah, you. It's pro- yeah, probably just the usual lungs quit working. Ugh. And we should say for our listening audience who maybe just jumped on this episode just because of you, how it works here on the worst of the best. These are the best diseases that kill people, if that makes sense. These are the one. These, <laughs> these are the diseases that are the best at being diseases. There you go. Thank you. Well said. <laughs> yeah. What we're going to do, and I don't know your pick and you don't know mine, and I'm still making my decision as we go through the list, which is often the case with the show. Which one is it that you would <laughs> least likely want to die by? <laughs> Uh, okay, well, th- <laughs> speaking of what I don't want to die by, number eight, Ugh. dehydration due to diarrhea. Mm-hmm. This is <laughs> a real issue. One kills 1.4 million people. In the American Civil War, dysentery killed one out of every five soldiers. Wow. You had a better chance of shitting yourself to death in a ditch than you did getting hit by like a cannonball. <laughs> Diarrhea is when you pass three or more loose stools in a day. If your diarrhea lasts more, I feel like I should really have to explain what diarrhea is. But if your diarrhea lasts more than a few days, your body loses too much water and salt, which will cause dehydration, which will cause death. Diarrhea is usually caused by an intestinal virus or bacteria transmitted through contaminated water or food. It's particularly widespread in developing nations with poor sanitary conditions. Mm -hmm. Diarrhea diseases, second top cause of death in children Mm -hmm. younger than five years old. Breaks my heart. About 760,000 children die from diarrhea each year. That's crazy. Isn't that? A, that's, that's, think, that's, think about that. Yeah. That's a mountain it's, of children, of bodies of children. It just blows my mind. I can see how it happens in like a war situation because mm-hmm. there's a lot going on. But I just think about what a nightmare it has to be if you have a singular baby and the baby is has such bad diarrhea mm. that you literally cannot keep enough fluid in it. And it dies of dehydration, you know, because if you've ever had a really bad hangover and you get like a Pedialyte, diarrhea is what Pedialyte was created for, to essentially pump babies as full of many electrolytes as you can. So some risk factors for diarrhea include uh, living in an area with poor sanitary conditions, no access to clean water, your age, with children being the most likely to have Mm -hmm. severe symptoms, being malnourished and having a weakened immune system. So either living in Africa or Detroit. Yeah, I, <laughs> eating at Taco Bell too much. Well, also Del Taco. Del, is Del Taco okay? Is there Taco Bell up in Canada? Is I think yes. Yeah, but quick Del Taco story. So my uh, family and I we went to California Disneyland in 2010. Might have been when we went. It was our first night in California. We just got off the plane, went to our little hotel. We couldn't believe it. 99 cents tacos. We thought that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's what impresses the Canadian tourist family. Yeah. <laughs> you're in beautiful Southern California, and you're blown away that a taco is 99 cents. <laughs> so, you know, being on, a, you know, being on a budget as a young family at the time, you know, we're like, <laughs> let's fill up with some Del Taco. Oh, my God. I, I will just yeah. say, thankfully, the uh, diary episodes did pass before we entered the park the next day that is a great that canadian family just was like we're gonna go to california the first thing you do is eat a bunch of cheap tacos and get diarrhea that is the american story you should do this american life and let them break that whole experience down oh man our body think uh, i've ever seen a del taco commercial so every time we see or hear of del taco we think of our diarrhea I, i think there's del tacos out here but out here in texas taco bell is your Right. If you're looking for cheap tacos, that's your place. Bob, actually, my co-host, has a thing where he always says that about people whenever they make a joke about getting diarrhea from Taco Bell. He's like, look, if if you're getting diarrhea every time you eat at a Taco Bell, (laughs) you either need to quit eating at Taco Bell or you have a like a GI problem, you know, like (laughs) – 
That's good. I like it. All right. So number seven, we're getting to uh, some not uh, so fun this things. Is, this one's not very funny, but it is kind of funny, but it's not. Right. Well, Alzheimer's disease kills one and a half million people a year, approximately. This is a number seven on our list. When you think of Alzheimer's disease or dementia, you, you might think of loss of memory, but you might not think of loss of life. Alzheimer's disease is a progressive disease that destroys memory and interrupts mm-hmm. normal mental functions. And these include thinking, reasoning, and typical behavior. So basically, they turn into five-year-old kids. If you've ever had, I don't want to say deal with, because deal with is a little rude. Well, no, family member, a close to, one, yeah. If you've ever had to take care of somebody with Alzheimer's or dementia, it's, it's frustrating. It it's is. difficult. It's hard on them. It's hard on the people who take exactly. care of you. It's all around a real crap time. Alzheimer's disease is the most common type of dementia. So 60 to 8% of dementia cases are, in fact, Alzheimer's, if that makes sense. So all times that you have Alzheimer's, you have dementia. Yes. But you can have dementia from something that's not Alzheimer's disease. That's right. Are you not pronouncing the Z? I might not be. (laughs) Alzheimer's. It's Alzheimer's. It's Alzheimer's. I as a kid thought it was called Alzheimer's disease. That's what a lot of people call it, yeah. What a rude thing to call a memory loss. The disease starts off by causing mild memory problems, difficulty recalling information, and slips in recollection. Then over time, however, the disease progresses, and you may not have memory of large periods of time. 2014 study found that the number of deaths in the U.S. due to Alzheimer's may be higher than reported. Now that I think about it, man, it would have been about 10 years ago. I was a young man. I was an adult, and my dad had just gotten married. My stepmom, his wife, moved into his house. Well, her mother moved in, too. It was like my step-grandmother. Right. And I had met my stepmom a million times. I had never met her mother. Time goes by. I go over to my dad's house, and I have a key. So I just open the door and let myself in. Right. I'm not going to sit there and knock at my dad's house. Well, I don't know. My dad's out back working on something. And his mother-in-law, my step-grandmother, is in the living room. And I just open that door, and I walk in, and I put my hand up, hello. And she looks at me, and she has these big saucer plate eyes and she's just i can see she's in like absolute crisis panic mode and oh, she's no. like frozen staring at me and i'm looking at her like hey and she just ah, just starts <laughs> screaming and just oh, runs no. out called my dad it was just saying it's a home invader there's a home invader there's a home invader mm. my dad didn't tell me that she had severe dementia oh no did you not think that was something i would need to know <laughs> because I walked right into your house and so she didn't remember me so she thought I was just a guy breaking into her house and that's kind of my dad in a nutshell is like you didn't think that was important you didn't think yeah, right. severe memory loss was something that people need to know when they talk to somebody I was going to say rest in peace to my father he got bit by a spider and he's dying now so what? my dad claims he got bit by a spider on his porch yesterday oh. and now he's being really dramatic about it when he's texting me <laughs> And I'm just making fun of him. That's awesome. Like, I grew up, I was like super scared of my dad. He was like one of those kind of guys. Sure. And then yeah. he's such a wiener when he gets sick. That's the the funniest thing that you learn when you're an adult. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just a complete wiener. I have adult children right now. When I raised them, I was a wiener right away. So they're not surprised when they become <laughs> adults. Oh, well, here's some of the, the risk of Alzheimer's. Being older than 65, a family history of the disease. Thus, you're inheriting the genes for the disease from your parents existing mild cognitive impairment, Down syndrome, unhealthy lifestyle, being female, being shut off from a community, or having poor engagement with other people for extended periods of time. It's like if you've ever visited an old folks home, if you wonder why they go so out of their way to have them playing bingo and Mm. doing all that stuff, that's why, because it's been proven if they just sit in their room and watch Fox News all day, They'll develop Alzheimer's. That's crazy. That's interesting. Did you ever watch uh, Dumb and Dumber? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Jim Carrey character talks about that older lady. Do you remember what he said? I don't. What did he say? Uh, you have change of a dollar? Change? No, I'm sorry, I don't. Oh. Well, uh, could you do me a favor and watch my stuff here while I go break a dollar? Of course. Thanks. Hey. I guess they're right. Senior citizens, although slow and dangerous behind the wheel, can still serve a purpose. I'll be right back. Don't you go dying on me. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) 
it makes me think of old school. They're doing the funeral for the old man. And I think it's either Vince Vaughn or Will Ferrell says that. He's like, look, please don't beat yourself up over this thing, Mitch. It's not your fault. Dan and Blue is old. That's what old people do. They die. Sorry. And then it zooms out and there's like a bunch of old people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the leading cause of death amongst old people is death. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's no current way to prevent Alzheimer's, but one thing that may be helpful in reducing your risk of the disease is a diet that's high in fruits and vegetables, low in saturated fats. I have found that when you're on a healthy diet, whatever the diet call it, South Beach, keto, I don't care, low sugar, low carbs, low processed food would be your key. Fresh food, low sugar. It prevents so much. It's crazy from cancer to everything. They've proven that sugar, 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 refined sugar, processed sugar, is not the best thing for your body. Neither is alcohol or smoking. <laughs> Go figure. That's true. We're not health professionals. We just want to make that clear. Healthy diet seems to be a lot of the prevention for a lot of these. Put this way, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like it ever is going to put you at risk to eat some vegetables every day. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? No. <laughs> Did that one cause well, of cancer is vegetables? Yeah. That's right. Right now, there's the panic buying going on. Mm. Thankfully, we live in a, in a rural area, so our grocery stores haven't been quite picked clean. But I, I go down there when the panic started, and like all the meat was gone. That's yeah, weird. Even if you have a big freezer, why is this your priority? You get some non-perishables. I just noticed that Alzheimer's kills 1.5 million people a year. Did we say that? That's a lot. I didn't know it was that many. Yeah. All right, number six, diabetes. This one's probably in my future. Diabetes is a group of diseases that affect insulin production and use. In type (laughs) 1 diabetes, the pancreas can't produce insulin. The cause of that is unknown. Mm -hmm. And in type 2 diabetes, the pancreas doesn't produce enough insulin or that insulin just cannot be used effectively. Type 2 diabetes can be caused by a number of different factors, including poor diet, lack of exercise, and being overweight. People in low- to middle-income countries are more likely to die from complications of diabetes. Risk factors in prevention, excess body weight, high blood pressure, older age, not exercising, and an unhealthy diet. While diabetes isn't always preventable, you can control the severity of symptoms by exercising regularly and maintaining good nutrition. Also, adding more fiber to your diet can help with controlling your blood sugar. So diabetes is a pretty popular one. Everybody probably knows at least somebody Mm -hmm. I would imagine everybody at least knows somebody who has type 1 and type 2. Mm-hmm. Kills 1.6 million a year. Type 1 you're born with. You can't mm-hmm. really get rid of it. But type 2 you develop, and you can actually get rid of it. Yes. Yeah. If you just change your diet good enough. Diabetes is a nightmare for a country like mine. U.S. has a problem with diabetes because you're getting hit kind of on all sides. So you get hit on the initial of that we are just a kind of fat people. We are just a large people that like to eat and drink. That puts you at risk of diabetes. It's further complicated by our absolute diehard refusal to do anything with (laughs) universal health care. You know, I live in the rural south of the United States. So there's a lot of people out here who definitely are not on board with universal health care. They're scared it's going to cost a lot. When a guy catches diabetes, when you think about how much it would cost to sit him down and tell him what diabetes is, because that's the craziest thing. Like, mm-hmm. I've met people out here don't understand what it is. Right. They don't even know why they have it. If you would just spend that money and get them healthy, it's a lot cheaper than letting his foot literally start to rot off. <laughs> And then now the taxpayer has to pay for his amputation and his right. prosthetic and his medicine. And so that's why a place like the United States, we get decimated by a thing like diabetes because we don't have access to health care and we're uninformed. And it's not always a weight thing. That five, is also true. It doesn't help. But five, six years ago, I was doing blood work in the military and I hate to spout off the keto diet, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm just telling you what worked for Ryan. That's all I'm doing here. So I was doing blood work. The doctor said to me, oh, I forget what the numbers were, but he said, oh, you're in danger there, Ryan, of close to getting type 2 diabetes. And I looked at myself and I looked at him and said, I'm going to get diabetes. Look at me. I'm not obese. And he said, well, it's it's not always just a matter of just being quite you know, having extra pounds on you, but your your blood sugar and your high blood pressure it's it's causing all the right things that your your body is prone to. Some people can just be prone to it. So I started the keto diet and got blood work and after six months all signs and symptoms of every blood work came back amazing. And it's just a diet change. The danger of getting type two diabetes is now gone if I keep up 
the quote-unquote healthy eating, you know, no sugar, go figure. Uh, not Ruben, but my brother Jason, who's been on the show a couple times, he has type 1. He was born with it. And thankfully, with medication, it's, you know, he's with us today, at the, which is wonderful. At 14, he got diagnosed with it. He's lived with that for 30 years. You can always tell when a fat person's amputation was diabetes related. <laughs> you can always tell because it's what are the odds that you're morbidly obese and you got attacked by a shark? You know, like, <laughs> like what is more likely here? <laughs> yeah, the 300 pound surfer or. <laughs> It is scary. Like, this is a disease that I am absolutely 100% in the risk factor for. Oh, I well, no, you're a like, very handsome man. Don't you Don't you worry about it. Oh, no. I mean, I'm overweight. I'm not, I'm not going to, like, <laughs> deny that. Yeah, so this is one where I'm actually looking at, like, kind of myself, and I'm like, eh, I'm 30. I might need to start turning right. the ship around so I can not be dead by the time I'm 50. I know you can do it. And I know you've talked to me offline about keto, so I'd recommend it. That's the thing. I'm more than capable of losing the weight. I know exactly what I need to do. Like, I, I just can't get myself to do it. That's <laughs> Cocaine. You see, yeah, that's... That won't work either? Okay, all right. I mean, it will. I just don't want to... I can't afford <laughs> a, a coke. Is it still expensive, cocaine? I don't even know. Is it expensive? In the uh, 80s, it seemed to be the thing, but I don't know. If it, I wonder if it's still running I the price tag. I don't... I don't do enough cocaine to give you an accurate okay. answer to well, that. Well, get back to me I, on that. You know. Let me know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the Navy would love to hear you. Oh, right. I, that's right. I, <laughs> I, I think I have some military listeners. Okay, I was just joking, guys. Woo, I do it. love I do love people. I knew When I was in the military, I knew guys who would pop hot on yes, uh, cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I get weed because weed's in your system for a bit. But I'm like, cocaine is in your system for like, Two to three days. Yeah. We don't like, do random blood leave. checks here, though. There are P checks, I mean. We don't do oh, them here. Oh, really? Oh, my God. They do it constantly in yeah. the United States. If you take any leave, it's an automatic drug test when you come back. Oh, they just it, don't it trust you guys. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you take a two-day leave or a 30-day leave. You come back, you automatically get... <laughs> I've been in for 17 years in the military. We do do blood work and what have you, and you do give urine samples, but it's always you're there for a reason. It's voluntary or whatever it might be. It's, oh, no. This but, is- or for like a deployment, we do a screening for deployments. Like, yeah, you know, do your blood, but it's for medical reasons to make sure you're healthy, but it's never random. Uh, a never random urine check ever. And I don't know about the other branches, but the Marine Corps, you would probably be embarrassed at how much time, money, and effort the Marine Corps spends constantly drug testing everybody. And they uh, always yeah. do it in the most inefficient way. So the, my favorite is they make everybody and like the whole company get in one long line to go into the bathroom because they you have to have a pecker checker like looking at your yep. penis. Yeah. And they don't break it up. They make everybody drink a bunch of water and then get in the two hundred person line. And then so yep. somebody at the end's like, "I'm about to piss in my pants right now," and they're like, "Well, you're at the end of the line." Eventually, they either piss in their pants or they just say, "I can't do this. I have to go pee," and they go pee. And then they have to go sit and drink more water to get at the end of the line. Oh, man. Just to pee again. And then so it's this thing that takes nine hours to get everybody through. And it's just the most inefficient system anyway. But anyway, we're talking about diabetes. So <laughs> that's, uh, so yeah, just take care of your pancreas. And yep. your pancreas will take care of you. Unless it's uh, you're born with it, which they don't know why, but that just happens. Okay. Number five, trachea, bronchus, and lung cancers. So respiratory cancers, including cancers of the trachea, larynx, and bronchus and lungs, the main causes are smoking, secondhand smoke, and environmental toxins. But household pollution, such as fuels and mold, also contribute. Mm -hmm. So a 2015 study reports that respiratory cancer accounts for about 4 million deaths annually. In developing countries, researchers project an 81 to 100% increase in respiratory cancers due to pollution and smoking. Many Asian countries, especially India, still use coal for cooking. Mm. Oh, man. <laughs> Clean, burning coal. Oh, man. Solid fuel emissions account for 17% of lung cancer deaths in men and 22% in women. 1.7 million deaths in 2015, 3% of the deaths worldwide, and it's actually on the increase. I guess as cities get bigger and... Yeah, pollution, pollution and, 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 and urbanization and, and all that. And Risk factors of prevention are don't smoke. Don't live in these areas that blow smoke in your face. Other risk factors for these cancers include family history and exposure to environmental factors such as diesel fumes. So aside from avoiding 
fumes and tobacco products, it isn't known if there's anything else that can be done to prevent lung cancers. However, early detection can improve your outlook and reduce mm-hmm. the symptoms of respiratory cancer. I think with lung cancer, though, uh, I, I'm sure the lion's share is going to be either cigarette smoking related or you worked in a coal mine. And if you do both, boy. Well, or both, yeah. You a cigarette smoker? Me? Do you ask if I am? As I start coughing. Sorry. Oh, are you okay? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, do you smoke cigarettes? No, 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 no. Not your bag. My mom, when she died, we had gotten so wrapped up in all her constant lying about, well, lying is a little harsh, but she was like in such denial that she was sick that she didn't want anyone know to know anything. Right. And that, so when she died, the only people who even knew something was wrong were one of her siblings, her mother, her boyfriend, and her two children. One of her sisters, one of her brothers, literally every other person. I was in charge of mom's estate. Mom kept thinking, she's like, I'm going to check out of the hospital next week. And we're like, you're not checking out of the hospital anytime soon. And she's like, well, I'm supposed to have lunch with Susie on Tuesday. And then so mom dies and I have to just pick up the phone and be like, oh, hey, Susie. Uh, yeah, I see in the calendar you're supposed to have lunch with mom on Tuesday. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, <laughs> wait, wait, what? And it's yeah, she's dead. And it's just I talked to her last week and it's well, she's dead now. I don't know what to tell you. Some people are just so secretive about all their medical stuff. And I'm like, I'm kind of an open book. I don't Me really too. care. I think it's our generation, I mean, too. Like, I'd rather people just know what it is I'm dealing with, whatever. So when, if and when something happens to me, it's like, oh, yeah, well, we knew and we're sorry, but we knew. Yeah. Like, there's no, it's like, it's it should a, be a shock. It's a mixture of I'm just an open book and also I talk all the time. So it doesn't really matter about <laughs> what it is. Right. Your lung cancers. Well, actually, it's not even lung. It also is trachea. Right. Trachea. So yeah, throat throw cancer. along. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. That's that's what cigar smoking gets you. Yeah, and chewing. Ugh. Oh God, I dipped for a long time, and I look back on that, and I don't know how I did. It is such a gross habit. It is. I'm sure that's prominent in the Navy, though. Yeah, a lot of people do, and I hate seeing it. Number four, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Mm. This kills 3.1 million people a year worldwide. And what it is, is it's a long-term progressive lung disease that makes breathing difficult. Chronic bronchitis and emphysema are types of COPD. In 2004, about 64 million people around the world were living with it. It's probably the same number today, approximately. Uh, This one probably hasn't changed very much. Yeah. So risk factors include smoking or secondhand smoke, lung irritants like chemical flames, family history, or having a history of respiratory infections as a child. There is no cure for it, but its progression can be slowed down with medication. The best way to prevent COPD are to stop smoking and to avoid secondhand smoke and other irritants. People always kind of bunch in emphysema with lung cancer because they're both kind of the end result of, of cigarette smoking. Right. But I think the difference is that, like, cancer is a thing that grows inside of your lungs, mm-hmm. whereas this is kind of damage just to the lungs themselves yeah kind of long term the actual lungs themselves are starting to fall apart on you emphysema when i was a little kid our neighbor was a chain smoker and he had emphysema and had the oxygen tank and everything right that stuff scared the hell out of me Mm. you know and then i went on to smoke myself but still (laughs) oh you're a smoker didn't not anymore okay i quit smoking cigarettes about four or five years ago good and then i picked it back up last year but only for a couple months because I was trying to quit something else. So I kind of leapfrogged from one bad habit back to another. Right. But yeah, I haven't been a regular cigarette smoker in a long time. And then okay. I quit dip about two or three years ago. Good. Now we just got to get the, get yeah. you off that soda pop. Hey, you see, the yeah, the sugar is uh, actually the soda is not the, the biggest of the problem. Diet's definitely. <laughs> what do you drink soda? Uh, like fully loaded soda. I usually prefer Diet Coke, which, you know, it's no substitute for water, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay hydrated with Diet Coke. I, I don't want to say that like it's healthy to drink Diet Coke. When we like to have a treat, like if at a restaurant or whatever, Diet Coke is totally allowed. There is no sugar, but yeah, there's other quote-unquote chemicals. You're yeah. not living off of it, of course. Yeah. No, no. Let's go to number three, lower respiratory infections. So a lot of lung issues, which shouldn't be surprising. Three, four, and five on this list all involve your lungs. Yeah. And this is obviously made before coronavirus. So something to keep in mind is that if you're somebody who catches coronavirus Mm -hmm. and you have to go to the hospital, the people who are catching and suffering from diseases three, four, and five, 
still exist, still need that equipment, and they still need that respirator in the in yeah. the hospital bed. So that's why they're so desperate to get people to stay home is you still have to treat all these other lung people. And then just to be graphic. No, go ahead. In the United States, we have the ventilator shortage, which mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that's a very common thing in every country. Yeah. What people have to understand about those ventilators is that if you're in a situation where you're going, oh, my God, Ryan, we're losing Ryan. He needs a ventilator. That window is this big to go from he needs a ventilator to get him hooked up to a ventilator. Essentially, hold your breath. (laughs) How long can you just hold your breath for? So when they say these people need the ventilators, they can't wait. You're going, do we have it? We don't. Well, this person's dying. Move on to the next person. I know. So stay home. Please. This message brought to you by the Coalition of the Worst of the Best Podcasts and the No Redeeming Qualities Podcast. Well, it's especially difficult in America because I know economically your culture is very different from ours. I understand there are some people who are literally faced with, I'm either going to lose my house and my job or I can stay home. Right. And I'm thankfully not in that situation. So, But I do understand that there are people who have to pick between their job and stopping a global pandemic. But yeah, please, for the love of God, if you can stay home, yes, stay home. Anyway, course. I'm sorry. Number no, three, that, lower respiratory infections. Actually, a very good point. Like you're saying, these numbers don't change because COVID-19 is now in the world. And because of that, if these millions, quite frankly, millions of people who have or currently have these diseases also get the flu, that's probably a lot of people who are dying. That's the weakened immune system that their lungs are already weak. And now you've just kind of thrown this fuel to the fire of your body. Not to scare people, but hospitals are literally doing triage. Yes, that's in what places exactly like it is. New York City. Yeah. And triage might sound like this horrible, cruel thing, but no. you got to put yourself in the doctor's perspective. And that's literally what they're going to do is your grandparent could be mixed amongst 10 other old people who yeah. are dying. And that nurse literally is taking a pen and just marking. Yes. This one's going to live. This one's going to die. This one's going to live. When you have a multiple casualty situation, triage, for those who maybe don't quite know what it means, it's just you're going through, who can I save? And I've got a certain amount of time and a certain amount mm-hmm. of people. Who is it that if I spend time on this person, they're going to live? If I spend time on this person, three other people might die. You have to say, who's the least amount of people that are going to die with the amount of time that I have with the equipment that I have? You and I and a third person got brought in and your neck has been slit open Mm -hmm. and you've got like a drop of blood left in your body and I have a broken foot. And then the other person is very, very wounded, but going to live. They're not going to help me or you because you're going to die no matter what. And I'm going to live no matter what. And even though I'm going to suffer, usually you think of that in like a military hospital, but no, that's happening in the hospital in your community, right or it now. will be, or it will be when the outbreak gets there. Yeah, I don't know what the temperament is in Canada, but down here, we still have people calling it a hoax. We still have people saying they don't believe that it's real, that it's a power grab by the government. We have people up here, of course, that feel that way. If you think it's a hoax, there's just too many players now. Like, come on. That's the thing about conspiracy theory people, and you've done episodes on conspiracy yes. theories, is – it doesn't matter if 99% of it doesn't make sense. They find the 1% that does, and then right. they go from there. Right. But but anyway, lower respiratory infections. <laughs> All right. So it can be due to influenza, the flu, pneumonia, bronchitis, which nobody has time for. Then I ran out. I didn't grab no shoes or nothing, Jesus. I ran for my life. And then the smoke got me. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> And uh, TB. So viruses usually cause this lower respiratory infection. So you can already have it from a previous flu. They can also be caused by bacteria. So coughing, of course, is the main symptom of a lower respiratory infection. You may also feel breathlessness, wheezing, and a tightening feeling in your chest. So untreated lower respiratory infections can lead to breathing failure and, of course, death. Three and a half million people died approximately every year because of this. Crazy. So I wonder, and that's the argument now, is how many people have this that are dying that maybe are being said that it's a COVID-19 issue. So that's the problem with numbers. I think it's kind of like a chicken and the egg kind of thing. If I get COVID-19 and it beats me within an inch of my life, but then I catch the flu <laughs> right. and the flu is what kills me, Which one or the you? vice versa. Yeah. If I have the flu and the flu wrecks me, but then I catch COVID-19 and then die. Well, it's like AIDS, right? A common cold will kill somebody with AIDS. What killed them, the cold or AIDS? Yeah, that's a really that, that's a good example. Yeah. Okay, number two. Stroke, getting away from lungs. Strokes kill 6.2 million people. It's a lot higher than I thought. 
So a stroke occurs when an artery in your brain is blocked or leaks. This causes the oxygen-deprived brain cells to begin dying within minutes. During a stroke, you feel suddenness, confusion, or have trouble walking and seeing. If left untreated, a stroke can cause long-term disability. So risk factors include high blood pressure, family history of stroke, being a smoker, mm. being African-American, right. and being female. There is sickle cell anemia, mm. which is a blood disease that literally only affects black people. It, the gene that gives you black skin is also the gene that makes you susceptible to this disease, something wow. like that. Okay. I don't know if being black puts you at risk of being higher for stroke or if it's a cultural thing, though. Because I've heard mm. both sides. I've heard that African-Americans have a lot of diabetes and, and high blood pressure and stuff, but it might just be their diet. I've also heard that black people just have a lot of uh, high blood pressure because of racism. <laughs> oh, jeez. I've heard that, that they say that just living in an environment like that. Of constant, yeah, fear and stress, sure. Yelled at all the time. So, so I, Some risk factors of stroke can be reduced with preventative care, medications, and lifestyle change. In general, good health will lower your risk. Right. So, Strokes kind of seem like unless you're taking a medicine that can cause you to stroke out, Strokes just kind of seem like they happen. You know, you should avoid smoking, drink in moderation, because these increase your risk. That scares me. Yeah. Stroke does kind of scare me. I'm not in the risk area for it yet. So, yeah, strokes kill a surprising amount of people. And outside of general preventative maintenance and care, there's really not a whole lot I think you can do. There are anti-stroke medicines, but they're probably only given to people who've already suffered one. Right. We always think about, like, people not being able to speak when they have a stroke. That's the part that scares me of having a stroke is not necessarily the numbness. It's the not being able to talk. That's the part that seems like it would be really freaky. Okay, so number one, now if people who are listening are wondering, what could be number one? Now, before I say what it is, you're going to be like, oh, of course. But this is now, yeah, 2015, mean, I'm sure it's the same now because it's only on the rise. 8.8 million people died from some... <laughs> the number one killer, the, the number one killer disease in the world is heart disease or coronary artery disease. So this is the deadliest disease in the world. Although it's still the leading cause of death, the mortality rates have declined, though, in many European countries and in the U.S. This may be due to the better public health education and access to health care and forms of prevention. However, in many developing Nations still, mortality rates of CAD are on the rise, and increasing lifespan, socioeconomic changes, and lifestyle risk factors play a role in the rise. Okay, so here are some risk factors. High blood pressure, high cholesterol, smoking again, boy, just don't smoke. Family history of CAD, diabetes, so diabetes kind of rolls into this. So if you have diabetes, you can die from that, or you can also just get a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, And just being overweight. Talk to your doctor if you have any of these risk factors. Ways we can prevent it, exercise regularly, maintain a healthy weight and diet, eat a balanced diet, avoid smoking, and uh, drinking only in moderation. I like how it says avoid smoking, like cigarettes are being that randomly tossed in your mouth that you have to suck down. You're dodging the smokes. I think what's interesting is that they always tell you to drink alcohol in moderation and eat bad food in moderation, but just avoid smoking. Well, it sounds like smoking really just, just damages yeah, you. Yeah, just don't even smoke. Don't even do it in moderation. Well, because if you think about it, I mean, you talked about pollution being an issue. You're basically just sucking on your own pollution. You're like, here's pollution yeah. intake. Or like, I'm just literally putting my mouth over the, the but, pipe of a car. And now that marijuana is getting more and more legalized everywhere, especially in North America, I love a good joint. I don't know if we could talk about that on here, but it's uh, legal, it's Canada, legal, right? legal in yeah, Canada. Yeah, so yeah, knock yeah, your socks yeah. off. Yeah. I love a good joint every so often, but. Well, how is this not bad for your lungs? So I looked mm. it up, and apparently just smoking a marijuana cigarette does not really do any damage to your lungs. Mm-hmm. It is specifically tobacco smoke and all the chemicals and shit. It's the chemicals, right? It's not yeah. smoke. Like It's like saying campfire smoke. Though it, you don't, you know, smoke will kill you because smoke yeah, inhalation you, will... Having ultimately- anything in your lungs that's not supposed to be there is probably going to cause problems. Right. Heart disease kills. Uh, did you say it killed 8.8 million? God, that, that is crazy. Of the 56 million people that have these combined diseases, 15% of them die with heart disease. That's what those got numbers it, got are. Okay, it, got okay. it. But still, it's still a lot of people. That's right. So, 56 is all. If you're one of the 56 million people, 
who have one of these diseases, you have a 15% chance dying of the heart disease. That's how it works. Mm. The reality of the situation is, is uh, I mean, I am a walking like late 50s heart attack. Like, that's, <laughs> Stop it. I mean, I tell my husband that all the time. I say, you know, I think about it, like we're, we're hoping to have a baby in the next year or two, and I'm just thinking like, I'm glad I don't have to do all the high school stuff because I'll be gone by then. Stop <laughs> it. Don't say <laughs> that. That's stuff for the stepdad to deal with. <laughs> I always, yeah, I always, my wife's eight years younger than me. And I always tell her, when I die, I, I would fully expect you to find a younger, handsome, uh, richer man. By all means, I give you my full blessing. My husband's five years younger than me. And I always tell him, like, you're five years younger than me and significantly more healthy than me. <laughs> you need to be prepared for the last third of your life to spend it alone. You know, like, right. Like, we need to plan for that. My grandparents actually did that. My grandpa was a real big dude and my grandma's like super healthy. And they even talked about like, well, we need a plan for when I die and then you're alive for the last 15 years. And that's kind of what's happened. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Those are the top 10 diseases. There's probably others, of course, but those are the top 10 killers in the world. Yeah. 56 to 60 million a year. I'm sure the number hasn't changed in the last five years are dying every year. That's a lot of numbers. And not to say the COVID-19 isn't a serious issue and it should not be, you know, should not not be social distancing or whatever you want to call it to prevent spread because I think it exasperates issues that it's going to exasperate issues. That's why they're saying those who get it, those who have pre-existing conditions right now who get the virus, that's why it's, it's dangerous for those people in particular. And something to point out about COVID and those statistics. I see people say that too. They're like, this many people die of heart attacks every mm -hmm. year. People die. And it's like, that is true. But that heart attack death, if you look at the 5 million people who die this year from heart attacks, a good chunk of those were long term, like long time in the coming, a long time in the making. 30 years of lifestyle choices led to that heart attack that killed you. You caught COVID three days ago and now you're dead. Right. That's the difference. Yeah. It's, it's aggressive. Yeah, it's aggressive and it's here. When the outbreak first started, people were talking about the swine flu from about 10 years ago. And mm. they were like, the swine flu killed 20,000 Americans. And so far, COVID's only killed three people. And I'm like, that's like going, you know, more people died in World War One than in the first week of World War Two. So World War One was worse. It's like, that's a stupid statement. It doesn't mean anything. What does that have? You know, like, I don't know what the temperament is in Canada, but there are a lot of people down here. There's usually a coincidence that the people who are most desperate for this thing to be a hoax also happen to be diehard supporters of a certain American political figure. Oh, that's good. That's vague that enough. Like that's vague enough. That seems like a coincidence to me, but there's definitely people who are fighting tooth and nail to deny that this is happening. It's like a horror movie. As soon as it started in China, I was, how is this not going to happen here? Right. I was blown away that people didn't immediately panic. How is it not going to spread? And look where we are. Yeah, it's crazy. You guys are in a much better situation to deal with than we are, though, because you can tell people to stay home and people have health care and stuff. We don't have any of that. Yeah, that's I know. That's that's crazy. I feel bad like, for you guys. It's embarrassing, you know, and like, I love America. I'm an American, born mm -hmm. and raised. I'll probably be, unless the country breaks apart, I'll probably be here for the rest of my life. Right. Things like the healthcare are kind of embarrassing because I'm like, how do we brag that we're the mightiest country? We're number one, but we have our people dying in the street while our neighbors in Canada and Mexico are handling it. It's, I, I don't know. It's embarrassing is that Mexico is apparently preventing Americans from fleeing to Mexico right now. Yeah. There's a bunch of Texans that have ties into Mexico that are trying to get out of here. If you want to know how creepy it is, I live in an area that is near a lake. So a lot of these houses, the fancy houses, are part-time houses. Right. People who live down in the city and they own this as their second house. My buddy is the mailman out here. And he said that they have been overwhelmed with requests from people who have their second house for the mail service to set them up a mailbox there because they're moving from the city to their second house out here. Jeez. So people in Houston are just fleeing the city because they know it's coming. You know? Yeah, right. Hopefully we don't look back on this episode in a couple months and go, well, that was quaint when they were joking about it. <laughs> this will probably be out in a week or two, so uh, hopefully the world is getting better by then. So when we're li people are listening to this... <laughs> I, yeah. Yep. I want to be optimistic. Let's just say when this episode gets released, it will be uh, – they had nothing to worry about will be the discussions <laughs> that people are going to – Yeah, that's very true. Okay.
of these 10, Zip, if you had to choose which one is the last one on your list that you'd want to suffer? The one I, I should worry about is probably the heart attack and diabetes. Mm-hmm. Cirrhosis really scares me because I've seen what it does. Mm. But if I had to pick, it'd be dementia. Oh, wow. Explain. I do not want dementia. I would much rather my heart pop and me just die in the kitchen mm-hmm. than die in an old folks home not knowing my name, not remembering my family, not mm-hmm. remembering anybody, being confused. That just sounds like hell on earth. I would rather just go uh, and just fall and be dead in the mud than because then you got to think about my sister and my right. husband and yes. your children. And so, yeah, dementia scares the shit out of me. I agree. So I have a kind of a stipulation. I know it's kind of cheating. I, I totally agree with you. And I think a lot of people probably would agree with you. And I do too about Alzheimer's. What does make it terrible? And you hinted at it before was what it does to other people. Even if you have cancer or if you have other diseases, at least you can t- have a conversation with your loved one saying, I'm dying. Exactly. You know, you're, exactly. Yeah. You're like, I know yeah. that I'm dying. My lungs, I can't breathe. Well, at least we can say goodbye to each other. And I love you. You know, you can have a conversation with somebody even as you're dying. Your mental faculties are still in place. Whereas, unfortunately, somebody with Alzheimer's, it's just, you're beside your loved one, and you can't even properly say goodbye because the person's yeah. like, who the uh, hell, who, who are you? It's like, have you ever seen The Notebook? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's. I'm not ashamed to admit it's a very sad movie. But. Yeah, well, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It showcases in, in a Hollywood way, but still a real way of what it's like for people. But I will have one little stipulation. The only, th- and on a selfish note, on a, this is just, so I agree. I agree with that choice. I think it would be hard-pressed to prove uh, Alzheimer's is the worst way to go for everyone involved. But on a selfish note, because if I truly had Alzheimer's, I wouldn't even be aware of what I'm doing to people. But with a stroke, what scares me the most about a stroke is not dying from one, but surviving one. <laughs> and being paralyzed on one side. Yes, I had. I admit that's a selfish thing. I totally understand that. But just being paralyzed on my face or the side of my body. So selfishly speaking, living with the effects of a, of a major of a major stroke would you know half my body paralyzed or face paralyzed is like ugh that scares me to death. So that actually scares me. These other things don't scare me. The non-selfish part of me is I wouldn't want to hurt other people with my living with Alzheimer's. The selfish part of me is me personally living with half of my body frozen because of a stroke. And so there you go. It's kind of cheating. If, it, if it's possible for me to have a disease that caused others to suffer, I would probably take. <laughs> like, did you see Logan? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, with uh, I want yeah. uh, I want whatever seizures those are that Professor X has that causes everybody else to be in pain. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that's part of the list here. You know, what superpower disease can I have that affects yeah. everybody? If I had to pick which one's going to kill me and kill me quick, I might say tuberculosis, just so everybody could say the consumption got me. Yeah, he died of the consumption. He died of consumption. <laughs> I think we're all in agreement that Alzheimer's ultimately is the worst. I think probably it's the, the worst. worst. Yeah, yeah. Even though it doesn't kill the most people, it's the worst way to go for everyone involved. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's a fun episode. A little gloomy, but what isn't gloomy is if you survive this global pandemic, you can still go to nrqpodcast.com and you can listen to the No Redeeming Qualities podcast every Monday and you can find us wherever podcasts are found. We actually just at the time that we're recording this had our first episode of a YouTube show we are attempting, a monthly YouTube show for our patrons. We decided to make it free for everybody. So if you go to the NRQ, the No Redeeming Qualities YouTube channel, you can watch that. It's got visuals and stuff. It's a YouTube show. Other than that, mostly we deal with the podcast. So that's nrqpodcast.com. Like I said, I'm a big supporter and listener of your show. So I highly recommend that for our listeners. And you go ahead and plug, you are a network. You are actually a- Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We are Gamma Gator Productions, which is our uh, air quotes network. We also do other non-sexy stuff, like we do uh, voice work and editing services for people. But we also make podcasts, so we have no redeeming qualities. And then we have a political podcast called One Big Toilet, I love, which is I love uh, about um, American politics. And for a long time, it was covering the, the Democratic primary. But now we're kind of shifting back to doing more uh, themed episodes. So the one that just came out was about stock buybacks. It's on my queue right now. If you've heard about what a stock buyback is, you want to know a little bit more information, check out One Big Toilet and you can learn more. Third show on our network is called State Your Take. That's another Houston-based podcast. It's a comedy show, more about uh, African-American-centric. State Your Take. Go subscribe to them. Give them a listen. And they're great. And I'm I, a Gator Productions. And I listen to both. I listen to all three. I listen to all three because that's how, how much I support you guys and, and what you do. <laughs> and, I, and I love all their shows. I love their takes. Yeah. You've, it, it's easy right now when there's three shows. We're, we're hoping to add a couple more in the in the future as we grow. The virus is definitely thrown. Right. 
everything off course but sometime in the next year i hope to have a website finally for everything so awesome all right well thank you so much and thank you for listening everyone and remember in front of every silver lining there's a cloud and we're here to help you find it thanks zip uh no problem Let's put breakfast food on the back burner because you're in quarantine. I'm on quarantine, so we can. Yeah, yeah. There's no rush. No, I was, make it work. That's fine. Uh, and I did notice the list was American breakfast food. Is there not a big enough difference between Canadian? We'll just call and it breakfast American food. Breakfast? Let's call it okay, North, cool. North America. Really, Canadian America. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. Okay. Is there any Canadian dish? That well, you could say crepes. Thing? Crepes. There you go. That yeah. would. That's. That would probably be. Yeah. See, but we even know what crepes are. I, I know what they are. I've never, never never eaten them. Right. If it wasn't for Ricky Bobby, I don't know if I'd even know what it is. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, good one. I'm, it's always a little long-winded when I'm on here. No, it's yeah. – <laughs> I should have expected that. I, should even, I shouldn't even assume we'd have time for a second one. But <laughs> but we, right. we will ultimately, so just let me know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just give me the list, and I will. I love doing. I love doing this kind of. This kind of format is my favorite. So you just tell me what it is you need done, and we'll do it. So awesome. as long as it's something I know about, you know, if you were doing like top ten anime characters, <laughs> <laughs> no, I I don't have any I don't of those. <laughs> That's awesome. I really do appreciate it there, Corey. So we'll uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Talk to you then. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.